Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, we've been featuring uh, women uh, all morning uh, as a part of International Women's Day, but uh, we're just going to uh, branch away from that uh, and uh, talk some uh, men's golf here with uh, our analyst and expert, uh, Dave Bolesky, who comes on the show quite regularly. He's uh, got a terrific website. Uh, he'll tell you about that very shortly, but uh, also um, he gives great uh, information about uh, the possibility of upcoming winners because David studies form and golf, and form, uh, believe it or not, is a huge thing. Uh, we're talking about the Players' Championship. It was first played for in 1974, and it was won by, guess who, Jack Nicholas. 2002, it became very special to us. Is won by Craig Perks out of Palmerston North. Uh, tournaments uh, played at the TPC Sawgrass in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. Uh, Cameron Smith is the defending champion, of course, but he won't be there. He's not allowed to be there. Um, and that is interesting in itself. David, uh, good morning to you. Good morning, sir. Are you pleased to be with you again? Yeah, cool. Uh, I always love talking to you, David. I, I must, when the, when the big ones come up, and this, of course, is regarded as the fifth major. Why is that? Well, I mean, it's the flagship event for the PGA Tour. Bear in mind that the four majors, the PGA Tour has a stake in, but is not the the sole rights holder to. So this is their their flagship event. And I think if we look at the the list of winners across the years, um, this course has been a real leveller. Um, for everyone. It doesn't matter if you're long off the tee, it doesn't matter if driving accuracy is your greatest strength or you're one of the best iron players in the game. Uh, this, this is the type of tournament where the, the it does it levels this playing field in a way and um, it doesn't matter where the strength in your game is. So um, the best player generally um, for the week is the, the one who comes across the line. So the, the course is iconic. Obviously, you've got the the beautiful 17th green, um, which we we all know and love. And um, yeah, it's it's an amazing event with an incredible atmosphere. Which um, it's a, it's not an easy course, so it it does make for a very very compelling viewing. Well, it was uh, named the stadium course. There's a, a couple of course options there at Sawgrass, but they played on the stadium course because of the fact that a lot of holes are surrounded with great viewing areas for the fans, including you, as you say. Uh, 17, which I would imagine is probably one of the most talked about holes in golf. Is that fair to say? I, I think it would have to be. Yes, it is. Yeah, and it's it, it just comes down to so many of the winners of the Players' Championship have been decided on that 17th. You know, we've seen Sergio Garcia throw away a lead by putting a ball into the water with an incredibly aggressive approach shot. We've seen Tiger Woods hit his iconic snaking putt down the hill um, with the, the iconic commentary of better than most. You know, so it is, it is a, a hole which is just featured across the time and it always goes a long way to determining the winner of the tournament. Right, well, we have a vested interest in it this year. As I mentioned, Craig Perks won it in 2002. Uh, but Ryan Fox is paired with Jonathan Vegas and uh, Peter Malinati uh, in the first two rounds of this tournament. Is it the kind of course that suits Ryan Fox? I, w- I would love to say yes, but I, I unfortunately don't think this is the best fit for him. If there's one 
area of Ryan Fox's game which can be a weakness. It can be spraying it off the tee and unfortunately TPC Sawgrass is somewhere that really penalises you if you do find the multiple water hazards that are on the course, if you do find the thick rough, if you're on the wrong side of the fairway and you have the wrong approach shot into the green, it can it can really um, pick those holes in your game um, pretty readily. Obviously you had a great um, final round last week at the um, Arnold Harmon Invitational, which was fantastic. Another top twenty finish in one of the biggest fields on on the tour. Um, I just wonder if this is maybe the best best spot for him. Look, I, I really hope that he can club down um, off the tee, use his iron off the tee a bit more. Um, I think that's going to be key to to his chances of success here is is finding those fairways and finding the right spots in the fairways. And we, we have seen him be able to do that on specific events on the DP World Tour. The Sudal Open comes to mind, which is kind of a narrow tree-lined course where um, he was very, very close to victory. And actually, he hit his, um, his two-iron and three-iron off the tee um, a large percentage of the time. So that's going to be key for him here. So uh, there's probably others that I prefer, but um, I certainly am in the, the Ryan Fox camp and, and hope he goes well. It is missing uh, last year's champion this year. Uh, 43 of the top 50 uh, will be playing in this tournament, but it will not include uh, Cameron Smith because um, he becomes the first player not to defend other than for reasons of injury, um, which I think is a real shame. I think it's uh, probably the first week that Cameron Smith will really feel like he's missing out. Yes, I agree. I think he would, would absolutely love to get the title. And obviously he had um, some very emotional scenes because um, he had all his family there with him from Australia, which was one of the first times since the COVID pandemic started that he'd been able to reconnect and spend some time with them and then obviously came out and, and won that victory with them all there watching. So I'm sure that he will be trying to avoid all coverage that he can to try and put it out of his mind that um, he's made the choices he has and um, as a result missed out on the opportunity of defending this title. Um, and especially if we see Rory McIlroy towards the top of the leaderboard, I think he'll be avoiding the TV coverage even more. Yeah, he probably will be, and we're likely to do that. Uh, Rory McIlroy is actually, <clears throat> at the moment, uh, the favourite on our betting sites uh, over here uh, at uh, at nine bucks. Right, let's uh, look at the, the feature pairings, if we could, David. Um, Max Homer, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth um, on one side of the draw. John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy on the other. They're the marquee pairings uh, on either side there. Uh, and all six of them have uh, shown recent form, including, uh, including Jordan Spieth. He has, yes. And um, the, again, with Spieth, where I'd go to would be his driving extras, maybe the the thing that's going to come into effect is for him. Um, obviously, we know on on his day, he can be one of the best putters and one of the best um, around the green on the entire tour. Unfortunately, we haven't seen that Jordan Spieth for um, the last couple of years. He's starting to find shades of form on that on that side around the greens and get his touch back a little bit. The the one out of those six names that really intrigues me the most is probably Scotty Scheffler. Um, he is just playing on a different level at the moment, and his approach game and his ball striking is just. Um, out of this world is absolutely incredible. You, you do find a disproportionate number of shots at TPC, 
sawgrass between 50 and 125 yards with your wedges and over 200 yards in Scottish Scottish is one of the best on the PGA Tour in both of those areas. Um, he's plenty long off the tee, but he's also highly, highly accurate with the drivers. So I think this is a really good spot for um, Scottish Scheffler. And out of those names, he would be um, probably my preferred candidate. Okay, well, you, you talk about spraying off the tee with uh, Ryan Fox. I guess in a in a sort of a uh, weird sort of a way, you could say the same about Rory. You could. He, he hasn't necessarily had his best driving of late, um, but he does also just have the ability to, to pop up on these leaderboards and, and find his way to the, the top of the field. Uh, the, this can be a really volatile tournament. Uh, it, it has had iconic short-priced favourites win. It's also had some triple-figure odds winners as well. I mean, we saw even last year, like, Anaban Lahiri was second behind Cameron Smith. You know, very easily could have won this tournament. Lee Westwood was runner-up here. So we've seen some longer-priced players right there in contention um, over the, the past few years as well. So you, you never know who, who will bring their game at the beginning of this week and, um, and really show up and perform I agree that, that Rory can spray it off the tee a little bit, but I think with his driving accuracy and the way that he's hitting his irons at the moment, um, I'd expect to see him in the top 20 um, more often than not. Justin Thomas, I, I think uh, fair to say in the Arnold Palmer, just a fraction disappointing. He hasn't quite got all aspects of his game in shape. His, uh, but you couldn't write him off, could you, Justin Thomas? Justin Thomas is one of the best wedge players on on the tour, so that that is going to be an advantage coming here into um, TPC Sawgrass. Um, he's great with his long lines as well. One of the best approach players on the the tour um, in his day. I, I think the thing with with Justin Thomas is it, it comes down to the putter for him whether he's going to find um, a good putting week for himself on the greens. And he he has he has previously gained putting here and of course was the winner in 2021 here as well so he's obviously got some decent course form and some decent performances at some correlation courses that I'm keeping an eye on as well. Um, my my concern probably comes from the approach play with Justin Thomas I mean for him his path to victory is kind of going out there and gaining eight strokes with his approach play and then being a, a the field level putter. That's kind of his path to victory and we just haven't been seeing it with the irons as often as we need to um, for Justin Thomas to really be in contention. Um, he, he did have the wrong side of the draw at the Arnold Palmer. You know, there was some very big wind that came through on the Friday and he was, he did face the worst of it um, on that on that side and he, he actually shot the lowest round during that windy period um, because his ability to shape the ball's real asset, which can be an advantage here at TPC Sawgrass as well. So I would have loved to have seen a bit more of his recent form um, on the improve, um, but it's certainly a course that he he has, it fits his eye. Okay, just uh, the two tournaments that have just been complete uh, with the, in terms of uh, our interest in particular, uh, what's the Arnold Palmer Invitational? Kurt Kitayama, did you see that coming? I did. I had him. I had him in our selections last week. Um, so there, we we picked Oof. him up after round one at um, sixty to one. So um, 
Kiriyama oh. uh, has been one of the biggest boom or bust players um, on the, the PGA Tour across the last couple of years. So there's only been um, 12 other players who have had as many um, second or higher finishes as Kurt Kiriyama. Um, so Kiriyama is one of those those boom or bust players who's either missed the cut or he's finished like second or third. And he's, he's, he's shown across those events that he's managed to tangle it with some of the biggest names. I mean, if we look at the, the Mexico Open comes to mind, you know, he was second behind John Rahm and he was right there with John Rahm and he kind of didn't go away throughout the entire tournament. Um, he had a second at the CJ Cup in South Carolina, which was run, won by Rory McIlroy and he was only one shot off there as well. Or the Scottish Open last year when he was second behind um, Xander Schauffele. So he's already shown this kind of repeat behaviour where when he gets into contention, he kind of stays there. And so after the first round, when he pulled he performed the way that he did. Um, we added him to uh, to our original six selections um, as a seventh in play at, at sixty to one, and, and of course he he managed to hold on to the victory as as all the other big names sort of crumbled around them. But it wasn't necessarily surprising given the fact that when he gets in contention, he does tend to stay there and doesn't crumble like some of these other um, longer odds players have shown a tendency to do when the other big names are around them and he gets intimidated. You know, he's a, he's a short man in stature, um, Kurt Kiyama, but um, he's got heaps of courage and um, he, you know, he played in the New Zealand Open in 2018, followed him from there through the DP World Tour where um, he he played very, very well over on the DP World Tour and, and now this is absolutely the biggest victory of his um, of his career so it was very, very pleasing to see and um, he should be very proud of himself. He's got a seriously big bank account now too as, uh, as a result of that. Uh, David, uh, and just um, uh, just finally, before I get you to give um, uh, the listeners all your details, how they can get hold of you, because you do, as you say, sixty to one. There's value there, and you do do your homework. Um, the New Zealand Open, uh, quite a weird final day in terms of betting and and uh, an outcome uh, with a bloke who admitted he didn't think as long as his bum pointed to the ground he'd ever win it. And Brendan Jones. Yeah, look, it's been interesting the New Zealand Open the last few years. You know, it was great to see it on on Sky and get some coverage in there as well. Um, you know, the, the the player that I really had my eye on going into that tournament was Jaden Ford, who's a um, stunning Wellington amateur who's really on the up, and and he's a, a huge talent that I think that we all need to keep a, an eye on. So um, we had him within our selections at four hundred to one, and then after the first round, he was um, sitting eighth and uh, pretty indifferent second round unfortunately took him down the leaderboard a little bit but he ended up finishing 26 so um, for, for an amateur um, at 400 to 1 that wasn't um, too bad at all um, Daniel Hillier played very well as well um, who we added 61 he finished in 12th so yeah. um, he was right there in contention but yeah the, the the difficulty comes I think with the with the New Zealand Open is that getting data and statistics around these events like um, some of these Asian Tour events becomes very very difficult and that you haven't got the same infrastructure around these tournaments and therefore you haven't got the stats to really provide you know that kind of inclusive experience that I think fans are really looking for now you know they want to see what's making the players perform what's really driving their game you know they want to delve into those stats and, and get them behind certain players um, based on what they're they're doing out there on the course and really give some I guess some um, you know some information around these players for for the fans to really delve into. So 
Um, I'm sure Brendan Jones is um, absolutely chuffed. You know, he's been a been a veteran on the um, Australian PGA Tour um, for for quite some time, and great for him to to get across the the finish line. I think Mill Brooks is a stunning course. Um, it's mm. it always makes great viewing, um, and yeah, I, I hope that we continue to see investment in the New Zealand Open. I hope that we continue to invest in big players coming to get eyes on the tournament, so that we can boost the sponsorship that comes with it and continue to grow it as an as an event because it is our national open and um, it should be treated as such. Um, it was great to see Steve yeah. Alka here. I'll, I'll add that. And mm. um, obviously we played very, very well in the first round. So um, good for him for, for coming out and supporting it. it was, that was really great to see. Yeah, interesting actually. Very interesting. Yeah, 1.65 million. They can get it up to 2 million. Um, a lot of uh, big name players, even live players, might even think about trying to get some mm. points out of that um, if they were permitted to come. Uh, David, uh, thanks so much, but please uh, tell uh, the good people um, how we can get hold of you and uh, get some inside information for this Players' Championship coming up. Yeah, so, so I work for um, Wind Daily Sports, which you can find at winddailysports.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive Golf. That's at Deep Dive Golf. And we've also got a show on YouTube that we do every uh, Wednesday at 3 o'clock New Zealand time. So you can tune into that. And we'll be, uh, we do a live draft on, on air on YouTube where we talk through some of our players. And it's always a, a fun show with a lot of banter. So it'd be great to, to have some people along for that. But um, the main one will be Twitter at Deep Dive Golf. David Bileski, as always, a pleasure talking to you in the preview of the Masters. Um, uh, thanks so much for your time, mate. Have a terrific day. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you.